So the rate of inflation in Australia fell more than expected last month. So can we safely assume that it's peaked? Does that mean job done for the RBA? Well, markets were much calmer again overnight. Does that mean banking fears are over as well? And latest numbers show the housing sector in the UK and the US isn't going on a downward slide. So does that mean central banks can tame inflation without inflicting more pain on the housing sector? So many questions. And inflation numbers kick off today as well. So the week is certainly hotting up a bit. It's Thursday, the 30th of March, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, equities bouncing back today in the United States. The Nasdaq up 1.8%, the S&P 500 up 1.4%, 1% up for the Dow. In Europe, the Eurostox 50 closed up 1.5%, 1.2% for the DAX and 1% for the FTSE 100. All looking up. Small movement in bond yields today. Ten-year treasuries are flat, uh, but up two basis points in the UK, up four in Germany. No massive movement in yields at the front end of the curve either. Australian 10-years, which were down one basis point yesterday at 328 percent are up about five basis points overnight so actually more movement than we're seeing just about anywhere else Uh, and the u.s dollar is up today on the dxy up a quarter percent Uh, it's up one and a half percent on the japanese yen the aussie dollar is down 0.4 percent to 66.8 u.s cents the pound is down a quarter percent the euro is looking pretty flat and oil uh, no big moves wti is down 0.3 percent brent is down half percent gold back down a bit today as well so not a lot happening. I mean, I mean, did everyone just go for a long lunch in Europe and North America? Is that what we're seeing? Uh, well, let's find out what's really going on. Here's Nab's Dave DeGaris in London. So does this sort of, no, you know, near no direction, does that mm. does that translate into no one's really quite sure what's going on? Or are we seeing renewed confidence because we're seeing stability? I mean, stability feels like, you know, quite a bold call right now, doesn't it? It does, Phil, and uh, and, and uh, good morning to you. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, there's no doubt when you look at the numbers just on the day, it's been relatively calm. Um, mm. But as you say, I think the market's got in their mind, you know, what might be around the corner yet. You know, you've had these uh, testimonies going on on Capitol Hill with, from, uh, you know, politicians uh, asking the Fed's bar, who's the head of... Um, banking supervision at the Fed, getting a bit of a grilling there, understandably. But, um, you know, we've seen uh, uh, Brent down, what, 40 cents a barrel or thereabouts, but copper up a little bit um, and not a lot happening on the bond side and equity markets higher. But I thought I might think, you know, where, where do we stand now? What, what's the market sort of got really got priced in about the the outlook? Um, are, they, are they still pricing for some sort of global downturn. So I thought I might just unpack that a little bit, just take a couple of minutes to do that. Well, if you've got an answer for that, that would be great. Just yeah. the, um, Before you do that as well, yes. just, I'm just curious as well, just one other to throw in. Mm. I mean, the Japanese yen down 1.3% today against a rising US dollar and rising equities. I mean, that looked like the olden days when it was a safe haven, then backed off when there was a bit more risk appetite. If you'd sort of just landed on the planet, having been away for, for a few weeks, you might look at that and say, well, that's pretty normal, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's yeah, just gone. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned the yen because I was looking at what's been happening, you know, to the euro right through this episode, you know, in the past three or four mm. weeks. It's been steady to higher. I mean, it really hasn't, didn't take a hit at all. So there were, were yeah. times when there was a bit of a flight to the US dollar. I mean, the Aussies had, what, a one and a half cent range or thereabouts, but the euro has been steady to higher. Sterling has been pretty resilient. So from that point of view, you'd say it's been more a US-centric issue, which probably won't surprise people too much. 
Uh, and on the commodity side, Phil, you know, we saw perhaps the, the commodity that the, the most people were looking at was Brent, you know, as was oil prices. So at the end of February, uh, Brent was just under $84 a barrel. That got to $70, you know, in, in the middle of the mayhem. It's back to 78 30 today. So it's recovered quite a lot of that ground. It's still down 6.6%, but when you look at copper and iron ore, they're actually up slightly on where they were at the end of February. So I guess that's partly the China reopening story, isn't it? You know, which overlays mm. a lot of this. And when you look at um, yields and stocks, the big mover, of course, has been in the front end of the US yield curve. So, you know, the market's gone from pricing what? Two or three hikes from the Fed this year to two or three cuts. And it's still pricing for that right now. And the yeah. reason for that, of course, is... I guess a couple of things. One is it expects that financial conditions will continue to tighten in the US, not necessarily from further rises in interest rates, although, you know, one more wouldn't surprise too many people, but, um, you know, tightening in credit conditions and perhaps the cost of finance for the tech sector and perhaps for the wider economy. You can imagine what bank credit departments have been doing in in the wake of all of this. So, so if you're seeing that, that would mean a slowdown, which would mean you'd expect oil to be coming down then, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, may, maybe that's reflecting what else is happening around the world, not just the US. But you're right. Maybe yeah. you would. I mean, oil is down a net 6.6%, but copper and iron ore are both up. So mm, yeah. maybe could we rationalise it a little bit that that way? Possibly. But the big, the biggest movement has been the big markdown still in, uh, in US bank share prices so there's a couple of yeah. indexes that we look at one is called the um, kbw bank index which is sort of covers a lot of the big money center banks uh, and also the kbw regional index uh, and that that fell by a quarter at its lows but it's still down 20 percent on where it was at the end of february because yeah, even if there's stability in banking now i mean we're coming out of this obviously the cost of insurance has gone up so banks will feel the squeeze all of that all of that, Phil. So you'd have to think that, you know, that's going to weigh on uh, the U.S. economy mm. um, and, of course, um, feedback into the into the U.S. banking sector. So yeah. the di- market's very much got that U.S. downturn still very much priced in um, in into markets right now. Yeah, they'll be more cagey about where they put their money, what they loan, how much they loan and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, that's going to cause a slowdown, isn't it? Indeed. So, the tech sector and all of that. Yeah, which was, of course, been seeing. So... Uh, Aussie inflation, let's look closer to home. The monthly read yesterday, not the full picture in the monthly numbers, of course, but nonetheless, we can't ignore it because it was lower than expected for February. Year on year, we're down from 7.4% in January to 6.8% in February. The consensus was that it would still be in the 70s. So this is a reasonable size drop, isn't it? It is. And uh, we've come from, what, uh, 8.4, which is where it was in December then we know that that reduction last month was welcomed by the Reserve Bank you know they said so in their their statement so this number will be welcomed as well Um, and you know they've been looking at you know what's been happening globally with goods price inflation and we've seen some good areas of goods prices coming down this one was a little bit more mixed you know the, the the sectors were a little bit all over the place, but directionally, yeah, we had we did we had fuel down. Yes. I mean, some food stuff like fruit, uh, like fruit was up. Yes, other food stuff was down. So you're right, and then uh, holiday and travel accommodation, 
was was uh, was one of the biggest falls actually. Uh, perhaps because I don't know, maybe airfares coming down also less demand. So that's gone from twenty nine point three percent in December down to fourteen point nine percent in February. Mm. We're, pr- we're probably right. over the. I mean, Australia to be over the peak holiday season now. So yeah. well, and and. Yeah. Um, Maybe the airlines have been, been able to put a little bit more capacity to work as well, but um, maybe it's just more a seasonal thing rather than... But it just, as you say, to your point, I mean, it just shows the numbers are a bit all over the place, aren't yeah. they? But generally, they're all in the bag, it's down. So what does that mean for the RBA next week? Well, I, I think the things that they're looking at in, in uh, at a higher level are, uh, one is what is happening with inflation, and now that's beginning to behave itself. Uh, two, what's happening as far as the wage price nexus is concerned. And yeah. the data that we've seen, such you know, such as from the wage price index and um, the general trend in the NAB survey, that, that sort of pulled back, didn't it, into the December quarter. I know the January labour cost numbers were, were, were a little bit... Uh, January, February sort of suggest the NAB labour cost numbers might be inching back up a bit. Um, and, of course, we've had indications that uh, the minimum wage you know the unions yeah. are seeking you know something like a seven percent pay rise for this year that's right that's what the act on the front page on the afr today that's you know that because we've got this uh, labor government win now in new south wales it's going to embolden the unions to push for just that seven percent minimum wage that could all have and they also it's interesting they're quoting a construction company saying whereas bricklayers were paid around a dollar fifty per brick mm. a, year, a year and a half ago now that's up to two dollars twenty per brick so that's right. uh, that's quite i didn't realize they charge per brick that's a interesting i mean maybe i should start charging per word do you think for the podcast yeah, you can better do a well, count on that but yeah um, well, i think i know what would happen i'd just be asked <laughs> to talk less wouldn't i but, but so even, anyway but i mean there are signs of inflation in, in, in wage inflation which is going indeed to and and i think you know when when that is i mean i don't know what's going to happen with the minimum wage case but even with an inflation rate of a six handle it's much better than an eight handle isn't mm. it far as wage expectations or realistic wage expectations are concerned well we've got we've got so, the job vacancies for, for australia today haven't we and yes i mean uh, immigration's up i mean that's going to temper wage yes. inflation and, and, and jim chalmers has said that you know we're going to have three hundred and fifty thousand migrants expected this financial year which is 50 percent yes. higher than they had in the october budget so that, that's yes. going to i mean obviously uh, that lessens wage demand but also ups productive capacity so both are good for keeping inflation down well, well, I think so. I think you know those some of those people will be eating into those job vacancies, won't they? Yeah. So um, whether they fall or not, I mean, we've seen with likes of the seek numbers. You know, we saw quite a reduction through the through the second half of last year, and the numbers this year have been a bit this way and that way. But um, you know, you wouldn't be surprised, would you, if if uh, labour market conditions are becoming a little bit less tight? And mm-hmm. we know the Reserve Bank's sort of been talking about that publicly as well let's see how the numbers roll but i think they'll be looking for indications that um that uh you know either you know net labor demand might be coming off a a little bit more you know the supply is picking up from, uh, from population growth from immigration so isn't it interesting that we've still got, you know, even though we're, we're concerned about what's around the corner, just about everywhere in the world, yes. despite rising interest rates, people are still buying houses. So in the UK, home loan approvals in February rose to 43,535, which is mm. up from less than 40,000 in January. Okay, that was still well down from 60,000 or so a month, which was the norm until September. 
uh, and the US uh, mortgage applications still rising up 2.9% last week that's a uh, yes. uh, you know that's a four weeks in a row where that's been rising um, and even with a 30-year mortgage rate at 6.45%, people are still borrowing. And U.S. pending home sales rose 0.8% in February against the mm. expectations mm. that it was going to be down by 3%. So mm. People are, even though interest rates are going up, it's expensive to get a mortgage. People are still buying houses. Well, are we now in the case of uh, Australia? And, and I'd say the U.K. is probably in this case too, Phil, that there just isn't enough housing mm. around to, to accommodate everyone and um, rents are rising we know new asking rents in Australia are up anything from 25 to 30 percent depending on which capital city you're looking at and we've got you know immigrants uh, coming into the country uh, a very very tight rental market yeah uh, new home sales are still under the pump you wonder how long that will continue but already seeing signs now that um, you know after the what 10 percent fall in house prices that um, Melbourne and Sydney house prices seem to be finding a little bit more support now, Phil. So auction clearance rates last weekend was, well, I think the second busiest week so far this year and uh, Melbourne's auction clearance rate was up 73.5% and prices have been pushing up so far this month. Surprise, catching a lot of people by surprise. To me, that's symptomatic of what a tight market is and those spillovers between the uh, the rental market and the the resale market and perhaps the new housing market as well. Yeah, well, as I said, 350,000 migrants this financial year. Got to live somewhere. They've got to live somewhere, Phil. They've yeah. got to live somewhere. Now, in uh, New Zealand this morning, the ANZ Business Survey ahead of the RBNZ next week, and they are expected to hike again, aren't they, over the uh, Tasman? Very, very much. Uh, that's that's where the economists, uh, what the market, a one voice, I think, uh, pretty much aligned there for 25 basis points. Uh, and that was echoed in that speech um, from uh, Paul Conway. Where, when was it? Late mm. last week. So uh, suggesting that the RBNZ still got a bit more yeah. work to I do. Even though it seems to be more advanced in the cycle and, you know, business surveys were very ordinary into the end of last year. And despite the uh, the terrible weather they've had and recently, I'm, I'm not sure if I asked the question or I mean, you might have I might have done it. You mm. might have answered it. But the RBA next week are we now saying because I know the NAB view was that the probably would raise next week. Although now, if we've had this, you know this this softer inflation number, is that going to contribute to the idea that perhaps they won't? Well, there is that chat around the market as to whether they will pause this meeting or maybe pause next. Next time, next meeting, Phil. I mean, we know publicly they've been saying, haven't they, that they're talking about further likely tightening in monetary policy. Um, what I find really curious is that markets have got virtually nothing priced in for the RBA. I think uh, checking this afternoon, it's something like less than one basis point. So uh, mm. to me, that's, that, that's far too light on for the, uh, for the risk. But it's going to be very interesting, isn't it, next week as to whether they... Uh, they increase or not but basically our economic forecast has been calling for um, you know one to two more rate rises from the from the rba in this cycle right and it's inflation isn't it basically for the rest of the week we get the u.s numbers tomorrow along with the eurozone france and italy but today we get a bit of a foretaste we get it for germany and spain yes they're going to be very interesting numbers because uh, when we cast our minds back to just after the uh, invasion of Ukraine, Phil, you know, when oil prices and gas prices in Europe were taking off dramatically, um, you had very big rises in inflation. 
uh, and that big rise will drop out of these annual numbers. So mm. the market's expecting the German inflation number to drop from 9.3 to 7.5. Not all the more reason to look at month on month or look at a three-month average rather than looking at the annual figure because it's a bit meaningless with that. Uh, well, you know, what, little... what's the right figure? But um, mm. And then Spain, what, from, from 6 down to 3.7. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Big change, huh? big big change. It is, but it's not. But for that reason, it's not one for the ECB to look at it and say, "Oh, well, there we are, job oh, done." They'll, they'll say the core rate is yeah. far too high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Anyway, we'll see those numbers later on today. And yes, the inflation numbers for the US tomorrow—that's the big number for the week, isn't it? Good to talk. Uh, catch you again very soon. Good to have you back, Dave. It's been a while, but uh, we'll we'll get you back back on again very soon. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. Well, we'll have all those inflation numbers uh, from today. We'll give them to you tomorrow morning and dissect them a little bit. But base effects seems to be the two-word description already. Uh, I'll catch it again again tomorrow morning for another edition of the Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.